Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from an Egg Diploma grad at the University of Manitoba. Their online convocation ceremony will take place later tonight. Also, we'll have details on this morning's Stats Canada updated crop acreage report. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on Manitoba's winter wheat crop. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today is Doug Martin, Chair of Winter Cereals Manitoba, to give us an update on the winter wheat crop. Even with the mild winter, there was some uh, winter kill or some uh, winter damage to uh, to the uh, winter wheat crop. Um, I, I believe I read somewhere uh, that there was 70 uh, claims, uh, 70 fields that may possibly got written off. Uh, there was a lot of, with the late spring, I think there was some damage uh, with water sitting. And uh, so there was there was some damage to some fields uh, in the spring. But uh, uh, so overall, we're, we're uh, I think, uh, talking to a few growers that they're pleased with what made it through the winter. It looks pretty good. What stage um, are the uh, crops at right now? Uh, yeah, the guys should, I think, should be looking at this. Our, I know mine is heading and we'll be doing fusarium spraying uh, today or, or tomorrow. So, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's uh, in the boot or, uh, or just heading so right now. So. And that was, yeah. that, that was winter wheat? or Yeah, yeah. that was winter wheat. Our rye has uh, been headed now for probably 10 days. So, uh, so it's, it's quite advanced. And actually, well, has, rye's got a little more uh, winter hardiness, so it, uh, it survived the winter really well so any yeah. issues uh you talked a bit about it but um any uh, insect or, or other disease issues no i don't think so uh as far as insects it's uh uh you know they've been they've been insects but uh not nothing that it's, is attacking uh, winter wheat or wheat in general sort of thing and uh disease the, the leaves I've, I've looked at uh, are, are quite clean so no no uh no issues right now so uh and with the hot, humid, um, and the moisture we've got now, that you know where we are spring for fusarium, so that's uh, just a standard practice, you know, sort of thing. So we try to get that under control because uh, some winter, sometimes winter wheat can be uh, very susceptible to uh, to fusarium, so we uh, we do spray. Yeah. When does harvest normally get underway? Ah, usually it's August long weekend okay. so, for winter wheat. So uh, yeah, so. I'm thinking we're we're a little delayed uh, this year, so uh, I know uh, there's an early spring wheat field in my area that has uh, just beginning to head out. So, um, yeah, and ours is a, just a little bit. Our winter wheat's just a little ahead of some really early seeded uh, spring wheat. So, um, yeah, I, I believe I think it's a little bit later. So maybe it's the first week in August. That was Doug Martin, chair of Winter Cereals Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. In June, according to Stats Canada, farmers reported several changes in crop acreage compared with last year, with notably higher seeded areas of lentils, barley and durum wheat. Areas of crops such as canola and soybeans fell compared with 2019. Nationally, farmers reported planting 20.8 million acres of canola in 2020. That's down 0.8% from last year. Across the country, farmers reported 11.3% less area seeded to soybeans compared with last year. 
to 5.1 million acres in 2020, and nationally, farmers reported planting 25 million acres of total wheat in 2020. That's up 1.5% from 2019. The Canadian Grain Commission is implementing amendments to the Canada Grain Act and Canada Grain Regulations as the Canada-U.S.-Mexico agreement comes into effect on July 1st. Remy Goslin is head of communications with the Grain Commission. The grain grown in the United States may receive an official Canadian grade if it's a variety that's registered in Canada. Also, uh, we are going to be removing the requirement of a country of origin statement on uh, the Canadian Grain Commission's inspection certificates for grain grown in the United States, so not making the distinction anymore between Canadian and American grain if it's of a registered variety. Third, uh, which is a um, change that will be impacting producers directly, is that we are going to make it mandatory for anyone who sells grain to a licensed grain company to provide a declaration of eligibility. American producers who deliver grain to Canada will have the same obligations as Canadian producers. And this year's winter wheat crop is slightly behind schedule. That from Doug Martin, chair of Winter Cereals Manitoba. I'm thinking we're we're a little delayed this year. So uh, I know uh, there's an early spring wheat field in my area that has just beginning to head out and ours is just a little bit our winter wheat's just a little ahead of some really early seeded spring wheat. Martin says crops that made it through the winter are looking pretty good so far. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday June 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get details on this morning's Stats Canada updated crop acreage report. Stats Canada released an updated crop acreage report this morning. I got the details from FarmLink Marketing Solutions' Neil Townsend. Came in pretty close to trade expectations, so we wouldn't expect to see much volatility around trading based on this report. And You know, over time, I would say Statistics Canada reports have not been market movers in the last few years. We saw a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, wheat overall, but almost all of that increase was due to a significant increase in Durham. So the Durham market's been fairly strong, both for old crop 2019 production and projecting for 2020 production. So, you know, farmers reacted to that and they boosted uh, their acres up to, you know, 5.7 million acres. And that's an increase of about 800,000 acres over last year. And that was, you know, within lines of where the trade expected it. There was maybe one outlier, an American company that maybe isn't as familiar with Canadian farmers and their reactions to market prices in Durham. So I would say the trade was pretty much in line with that expectation. Canola dropped just ever so light, uh, lightly year on year. So uh, Stats Canada says 20.8 million and last year 21 million. And uh, other crops that saw sort of, you know, significant increases, maybe over expectations, were lentils. Uh, so they're up from 3.8 million to 4.2 million year on year. And again, you know, very strong market conditions for lentils, particularly for red lentils. And, you know, farmers uh, respond to incentives. Talk a bit about um, soybeans and, and the drop uh, we're seeing there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, soybeans, obviously, very trying market conditions uh, based on a few factors, like 
you know, the uh, the futures prices haven't been as strong as maybe they were, uh, you know, in the past. And there's a lot of U.S. soybeans around. Obviously, Brazil is a big country. But I think another thing, though, that we have to really, like, consider for soybeans uh, in Western Canada are the agronomics. The agronomics haven't been super friendly the last couple of years. So if the price isn't there and the agronomics aren't there, farmers are going to back off. And then a final thing is just that Canada really, you know, relied heavily on the Chinese market over the last couple of years for soybeans and we've sort of lost that market this year. I mean and again it's not it's not really related to, you know, the same uh snafu that canola is undergoing. It's more just like a market condition thing that they could get the soybeans from other places and they didn't need them from Canada. And and that's hard to replicate because we don't have as much uh you know, uh, competitiveness into a lot of other markets if we lose the Chinese market. So really, I mean, you know, if we're trying to export soybeans, we're going to face a lot of competition from Argentina, Brazil, and the U.S. So we just, I think farmers are kind of gathering that. And uh, and, and definitely in Western Canada, they reduced acres quite a bit. Just one other thing I would mention is we probably saw more oat acres than what the uh, what Stats Canada revealed. And I mean, again, it's always a little bit, uh, you know, uh, fuzzy along the... Uh, sort of, you know, barley oats and the different feed grains. But I think oats have been projecting quite strongly, uh, you know, both in terms of utilization and usage. And uh, and that's definitely a growing market that I think farmers uh, probably were responding to a little bit more maybe than Stats Canada saw. So we, we think that the oats acres will probably go up a little bit over time and maybe barley down a little bit. That was Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions giving us the details on this morning's Stats Canada updated crop acreage reports. Continuing on today's Prairie Agwire, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler gives us an update on crop conditions in Alberta. She caught up to Alberta Agriculture and Forestry Crop Statistician Aishan Shusterian. We know there has been some rain in the province over the last couple of weeks. Did it continue for you? Over the months of May and June, precipitation has been at least near normal in most areas, including the northern part of the Peace Region which was consistently dry for previous years. A large area covering the western half of the central region, most parts of the northwest region, eastern parts of the northeast region, and southern east of the peace region have been very wet, receiving at least 200 millimeters of rain over the past 60 days. Within this area, there are some extremely wet pockets that have received more than 200 millimeters of precipitation, which has been almost twice the normal amount in those areas. Over the last crop report week, I mean the week of June 17 to 23, most areas in the southern, central, northeast, and peace regions remained relatively dry, while the western parts of the province, the southeastern parts of the peace region, and some parts of the northeast region received at least 10 to 15 millimeter of rain. What are hay and pasture conditions looking like? Due to good start in the spring with all precipitation, pasture and tame hay fields are mainly in good shape across the province, and in fact, they look the best in last five years, except for small, low areas that have flooding. Pasture conditions across the province are now reported at 10% safe, 69% good, and 21% excellent. Tame hay conditions have similar ratings and across the province are rated at 
1% poor, 6% fair, 63% good, and 30% excellent. And what about crop conditions and development? How is that coming along? Provincially, 79% of crops are now rated in good or excellent condition, above the 5-year average of 70% and the 10-year average of 74%. Regionally, warmer temperatures and less precipitation benefited the northeast and northwest regions, improving crop conditions by 1% and 8% respectively. Crop growing conditions in the southern and east regions dropped by 5% and remained almost unchanged in the central. Compared to the five-year averages, crop conditions are better than normal in all regions except for the northwest. And crop development is slightly behind normal in all areas, but with warmer temperatures, they can catch up. Heat is needed to hasten crop development and age recovery from excess moisture. That's Sashan Shusterian, a crop statistician with Alberta Agriculture and Forestry. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars take place every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is now available online. Go to huntercourse.com to register. The Roland 4-H Museum is open for the summer starting today. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. Looking ahead, a webinar in Emerging Trends in Egg and Food takes place July 7th starting at noon. You can register on the CAP website. And CFAM is hosting its Farmer Appreciation Lunch Tuesday, July 14th at the Plum Coulee Burktaller Church parking lot. A drive through lunch will be served from 11.30 until 1, featuring Danny's Whole Hog. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the University of Manitoba School of Agriculture will be hosting a virtual graduation celebration tonight for the Diploma Class of 2020. Sean Willamant is one of this year's co-valedictorians. So I grew up in Laravere, Manitoba, just uh, in the Pembina Valley, and uh, went to school in Manitou and Nellie Collegiate. And uh, the past couple of years, I've been studying agriculture at the University of Manitoba. Talk a little bit about um, today's uh, events. Um, obviously, it'll uh, look a lot different than, than a normal year, but um, tell us, tell us what will be happening today. Yeah, so I guess thanks to COVID, there's a new set of challenges with uh, having gatherings and events such as our graduation. And uh, we're fortunate that the team at the university was still able to put together um, a virtual graduation for us. So starting tonight, uh, there's going to be about an hour of pre-recorded videos just because uh, we're all aware of rural internet isn't always the greatest and most reliable source. So uh, we have our pre-recorded videos, including my valedictorian speech, uh, speeches from the dean, uh, from the minister, I believe, is speaking as well. And, uh, yeah, so we'll have that. And then following that will be a live presentation of all of our awards and uh, a toast and a thank you from the dean and the director of the School of Agriculture and, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of an like, online get-together, I guess, for our class before, uh, before we part ways for the end. What was it like uh, sort of finishing up the year here with, with COVID-19? Yeah, so it was definitely a different—we uh, never would have predicted it, obviously. And uh, it made for—it was tough 
uh, for some parts, other parts were, weren't too bad. Um, our diploma program finishes a little earlier than the degree program itself. So we only had about a week of online classes, and then uh, all of our exams had to switch to online. So it was a little different writing an exam at home on a computer as opposed to being in, a, in an exam hall writing it, but uh, we were able to make do, and uh, we made it by. For yourself, uh, talk a little bit about um, your future plans. Um, I guess you'll be returning to, uh, to school uh, next year? Yeah, so I'm going to return and finish out my agribusiness degree. I've got about a year and a half to two years left, so I figured I might as well go back and finish that now, and uh, then I'll something I'll have forever. Any idea on what school will look like in the fall? or? Yeah, so they've already announced for the fall that it's going to be online, uh, similar to the way that we ended um, in the springtime. So it's going to be all online, virtual classes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that'll be a new challenge, I guess, and uh, kind of makes you adjust your own personal schedule, your time management skills. you got to sharpen up a bit, not having the routine of having to go to campus every day. But, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Just looking down the road, what are your future plans? Yeah, so I don't know. I never, uh, I never like to shoot too far into the future. I don't know. I've, uh, if you asked me five years ago where it would have been, I probably wouldn't have said here. But uh, so I don't know. Finish my degree and uh, see what the future holds from there. That was Sean Willimant, one of the co-validatorians this year from the University of Manitoba School of Agriculture. He's one of 64 graduates who will be receiving a diploma later today. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. This year's winter wheat crop is looking pretty good. That from Doug Martin, chair of Winter Cereals, Manitoba. I know mine is heading and we'll be doing fusarium spraying today or, or tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it's uh, in the boot or uh, or just heading So right now. Our rye has is, is, uh, been headed now for probably 10 days. It's quite advanced and actually rye's got a little more uh, winter hardiness, so it's... Uh, survived the winter fairly well. Martin says there was some winter kill due to standing water in the spring. And the Canadian Grain Commission is implementing amendments to the Canada Grain Act and Canada Grain Regulations as the Canada-U.S.-Mexico agreement comes into effect. As of July 1st, it will be mandatory for people, including licensed grain companies, who sell grain to a Canadian Grain Commission licensee to complete a declaration of eligibility. Remy Goslin is head of communications with the Grain Commission. Now, the reason that this is being implemented is uh, to protect the quality assurance system and also assuring consistency in terms of treatment between U.S. producers and Canadian producers. American producers who deliver grain to Canada will have the same obligations as Canadian producers. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.